Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by CaliberMind. This is the podcast for B2B marketers trying to up-level to executive management. I am your host once again, Kamala Thompson, and I am joined by Monique Olin. Monique, welcome back. Let's talk about when taking risks as a CMO makes sense. And I think I mean this in two ways, and you can pick which one we go with first. One, there's a certain amount of equity we walk into an organization with, and sometimes we have to burn a little to make more. And then the other one is, when do we make the choice to invest in something that's hard to measure? You mm. choose where we go first. Let's let's start with the first one. Let's talk about uh, burning some of that equity. Sweet. Because we were just talking about alignment yesterday, and I feel like this has a lot to do with it. So yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Um, I see this happen in a few ways. Sometimes marketers need to invest in long-term tactics and the sales team feels neglected. And sometimes you have to battle with the executive team on what use cases in ICP are actually making sense. Where do you see this kind of battle taking place? Yeah. Um, those are really good places where I see them pretty often. You're coming in as a CMO, whether whether it is a full-time CMO or fractional, whatever the format is these days, I think an important reminder for us just holistically is to remember you're there for a reason, right? You're, you're there to make a change. You're there to probably challenge that status quo. Um, also, if they aren't challenging their own status quo, um, where really are they going to go when it comes to growth, right? There's the constant change we're seeing in market anyways is such an important consideration when it comes to, are you going to even get to constantly growing um, revenue or scale within the business? Um, so sometimes it's, it's a matter of that. You're trying to look at the business and you're understanding, okay, this is their solution. They have done this lovely work around buyer personas and ICPs and and they've aligned that these are the the pain points they care about and the and the the features that matter against it and so forth. Um I th it's important to test that theory. And I, I actually like to come in and say that when I'm coming in as as a CMO of the company. I like to tell them like, look, I appreciate the tribal knowledge that's coming my way. Um, I would like to run some data that exists already. And then I'd also like to see how a couple things play out in the next couple months to make sure we truly are aligned to current marketing trends. As long as you're kind of positioning yourself as that, my, my goal is your growth. My goal is your greatest potential to revenue. Um, you're going to win that kind of conversation a little bit more. And I think the beginning of your engagement with a company, whether you're going in fractionally or full-time is the perfect time to say, hey, this is as close to a neutral party as I'll ever get. And I want to leverage that to really analyze a few things. So if you could give me the space to do that and talk to some of your customers, everyone wins, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. like that approach. Yeah, for sure. Those, uh, there's a lot of things that I've seen. You know, a recent example with someone I've been working with is um, even just an understanding around the product offering. Um, it, it's a fun practice if you're coming into a business to ask different people across the company what it is they do and what are the solutions they provide and what they solve. And I will tell you, you get a different answer um, from pretty much every department. You might even get a different answer from the CEO to even his right-hand man or hers. <laughs> yes, yes, on both counts. I had um, 
one CEO who was very passionate about how everybody needed to learn and understand the company pitch. But you can only really do that after you figure out like all the, the yeah. table stake stuff. And it's amazing to me how many smaller companies in particular, even large ones, they make all of these decisions without actually talking to the customers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's it's that's a huge like any CMO coming in a huge practice to have if it's not already done recently within your time getting in there is getting some time to well, one thing I always say is try to do a secret shopper um, and understand the journey and experience from the other side. And then another one is actually talking to some of your customers and across the breadth, don't just talk to the one that's constantly advocating for you as the awesome solution that they have in their business, but really try to get that opportunity to understand the perspective of different levels of users. Um, and I say that as some probably being a SaaS company or something like that, but even in a service company or in a type of other type of B2B business, try to understand the different types of customers you have and try to get in front of talking to a few of them. That'll give you some good um, layers that, you know, that knowledge within leadership team won't always be able to give you. Love it. So let's talk about a slightly different scenario. Um, but I, I see this a lot too, especially when a new leader outside of marketing comes in they're going to talk about what worked at their last company and push for that, even if the company was vastly different. How how do you recommend navigating those kinds of conversations when you're already kind of embedded in the organization? I find that one of the best opportunities if you're like, okay, I know I've seen ABC work before is contextualizing it into their business. Um, I, I've done this pretty often when I do talk to a couple different companies because I am working with more than one at a time. Uh, this opportunity to say, yes, I've seen this thing work, but let me explain how that conceptual thing would work in this business and the potential outcomes and opportunities and play that out in a short to mid to long-term gain too. Um, you know, we're constantly battling this need to grow for a long-term goal of, of growing the business with trying to also make some short-term impacts. But there's an opportunity for you to get around that, that understanding of, you know, yes, you've seen this from company A, but let me tell you how this could work here. We would do ABC. This is ultimately the end goal. Here's what we could do if we achieve that goal. I think actually saying what happens after success is such a powerful note too. Right. And I feel like part of that should be an exercise of figuring out what your goals should be and yeah. putting some, I don't know, guardrails, or I think of the bumper rails at, at bowling alleys where, okay, if we're going to try your thing, but if we're not seeing X, Y, and Z, then we're going to pivot away and do this other thing. So you, you don't spend too much trying yeah. something new. That's that's a good point. And I'd also, so because we just came out of 2024 planning at, at the end of last year and going into this year, if this isn't something you already do, it's worth a consideration is you should have overarching business goals. And I've had um, clients that I've worked with where they're kind of like, okay, I want to set like all these different objectives for the team. And I'm like, cool, that is like 27 things for them to focus on. But that's just not feasible to prioritize. I had um, a counterpart I worked with, uh, Gannon O'Reilly at another company I was at. He always enforced in us this idea of relentless prioritization. And I am such a advocate of that. It sits in my head as one of my top like few little points of always doing. And I, it's that concept that there's no such thing as more than one number one. Um, and so I, I, I live by that with each team member. I help them help 
prioritize with the team holistically prioritizing and then as marketing across the year prioritizes. But what you should really look at is does business have key objectives and growth goals that they have? From those goals, can you set one to three you know, probably three like key objectives for marketing in that year. And then off those objectives, which are ultimately kind of your department's goals, but those objectives, then what are, you know, a handful, and I say handful, I mean, you should really be looking at, depending how big the company and size of is for the year, you know, anywhere from one to three initiatives each to achieve those objectives within the business. And then how do you then align that across your quarters? Um, that kind of just being able to piggyback off of the business objectives and really understand how to break that down smaller, but then also how to pair it back up and prioritize them against each other is going to help you keep the team focused, keep this idea of long-term gain with short-term initiatives in, in scope. It's perfect. So <laughs> save the hardest for last. Yeah. It's the hardest for me anyway. And that's how how do we navigate pushing through things we invest in that don't necessarily show a one-to-one -one highly traceable return? Yeah, the ever-growing issue of the unmeasurable spaces. Um, I think as part of leaders in marketing holistically, we need to be doing our best in market to constantly educate on the shifts in marketing in it's funny because I always think about how history repeats itself. And I, I think back to the days before having the ability to track data and buyer journeys. And we're like, yeah, how did we measure the eyeballs that hit that billboard? Incremental um, lift. Yeah. Yeah. I I find it to be kind of this way of finding alternative ways to measure or inform um, or to to that point, kind of track the trend adjustments and and what are you doing in market against mm -hmm. what you're seeing on maybe the next stage of areas where you can measure. And oh, so I'm thinking of things like podcasts, community activities, thought leadership. A lot of times as a leader, I had to figure out when to let people kind of shoot themselves in the foot, but give them those bumper rails I was talking about so it yeah. doesn't get too far. So if we don't believe in the podcast and we're having a hard time proving measurement because we don't have call automation, we can't pick up when people are mentioning it, whatever the case may be. If you start to see pipeline, you're, everything else is constant. If you see pipeline drop by X percentage, we're going to hit the ripcord and we're going to start doing it again. So if you can have some kind of, we're going to watch this thing. We're going to yeah. try to keep these other things stable. So we know that that's what's actually causing us to fall off the rails. Yeah. I mean, standard science, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, have constants so that you can test a theory. Um, I think that's that's so true to say here. I think that goes back. That was what I was trying to hint at a little bit there is trying to measure the later metrics, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it's not measurable at that point, yeah, keep some constants in place, figure out how do you let that either play out or actually stop to what your idea was there. And then does that impact the next layers of metrics that we can get to, which could be pipeline impact. It could be other stages of impact. Um, I think that's an important way to look at that. I I also say, you know, and it's interesting because this is such a, a, a odd place in for each business to figure out how they want to do this. But 
Is there other ways that you can get to some of that information too? Like, how did you find us? Questions later on. They feel so old and dated, but they are so relevant today. Yeah. Um, and no one's going to be against sharing that if they actually honestly remember. Um, whether Which is that's rare, something, yeah, still helpful. It's a yeah. point. Um, I think that that kind of gets to where understanding the impact of what data points matter against a a person, and I'm just going to say a person because they could be a pre, you know, prospect, they could be in buying stages, they could be a customer, um, they could be an old customer, not continued, whatever it is, against a contact, understanding what data points matter to your business, and then scoping them and setting them up. And then how do you use them across teams? There's been some really powerful times that we've been able to say, okay, this solution here, we have these as the three top pain points, right? I'm just going to use a really specific example. These top pain points. We are under the assumption based on recent demand that pain point A is going to be the most powerful. So we are going to scope some campaigns and initiatives up front to drive pipeline against that. Other things stay the same. The great opportunity to like have that metric, have that understanding against a contact, being able to weigh that into the sales process, asking the question in the sales process to the salesperson, what ultimately closed for them? Is it pain point A or was it a different pain point? At the end of the day, looking at your customers, how are they actually using your solution? Is that still a driving factor? And then feedback looping that to the front. You can learn a lot about your solution and what matters to your buying audience and where you can actually get a lot better ROI out of your spend in marketing too. If you really know what's the sticky points later on, maybe people do close more on this area B uh, pain point, but they stay as a customer because of C. So then you figure out how do you change your go-to-market at the beginning to get more people who are already kind of struggling with B. And then how do you actually consider your post-customer closing marketing and improving that so that you can make sure they're also solving for C. Like Just having that understanding of data theory in your buyer journey, applying actual ways to measure that both quantitatively with the person and then within your teams and then feedback looping it to each team can really, really create some great efficiency. It's, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I, I don't think you can over communicate a lot of these things and having those feedback loops open is, is great. Monique, thank you. I can't wait to talk about tomorrow's topic, why your board isn't listening to you. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Revenue Marketing Report. Please tell two friends, subscribe, download, whatever you can helps. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out caliberbind.com.